If you're sick of the mainstream sports outlets, well, so was I. So I started my own show. I'm Shane Larson, and this is the Game Time Guru. It's different than other talk shows. I'm providing a panoramic view on sports so you can see them through a different lens. So buckle up and let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome out to the Game Time Guru Podcast. I am your host, Shane Larson. And before we get started with this awesome interview that I'm going to be doing today, just wanted to remind all of you about this fight that's coming up in a couple of days with Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder. As you guys know, if you've been following me on my social platforms, which I encourage you guys to do, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, go follow me there. It's at the Game Time Guru. Just check me out. Or on Instagram, it's at Game Time Guru. All one word. I've been talking about this this fighter in uh, Tyson Fury. Uh, Tyson Fury is one of my favorite boxers. He's got a fight coming up. And I want to make sure you guys have an opportunity to read his book. I just finished it. It's called Behind the Mask. And I want you guys to take this as an opportunity to, to read it. For those who love audiobooks, um, I would highly encourage you to check it out on Audible. Uh, I have a, a link for you to go get an Audible free trial. It's audibletrial.com slash thegametimeguru, or I'll throw that link here in either the comments or the description, wherever you're listening to this podcast, whether it's on Facebook in the video, YouTube in a video, or if you're listening to it on iTunes or any other podcast platform, you guys can read it in the description, okay? So audibletrial.com slash thegametimeguru, get you a 30-day free trial to Audible, and you'll be able to read the book Behind the Mask, written by Tyson Fury, talking about his battles with uh, mental health issues, depression, anxiety, and how he kind of made his way back to the top of the heavyweight division in the sport of boxing. So guys, I'm really excited. I got that out of the way. Got to make sure, you know, I, I throw that in there. But today, it's a long time coming. Um, I've got a, I got an old friend of mine from a, a long time ago. Uh, this, this guy and I, we, we kind of grew up. We didn't like run in the same circles necessarily, but kind of grew up together. Um, we knew who each other were. And uh, his name's Doug Collins, and he's a fighter. So I'm really excited to have Doug here. Doug, thanks for joining the show. Yeah, man, it's good to be on. Man, it's been, it's been a while, and, and I've been kind of following you from afar. Um, I, I returned from a church mission back in 2010, and I remember um, I was at – I don't even know what promotion it was, to be honest with you, and I should have probably researched that before I started talking today, but um, it was a, a smaller promotion, and it was at CenturyLink Arena, and I remember on the fight card there was Doug Collins. Well, I happened to go to church, I believe, with your mother and your little brother, and um, they said they were at church one day. They're like, we saw you at the fights, and I was like, Oh, that's Doug. That's Doug Collins. Okay. And so I was like, holy crap, that's the guy I went to like middle school and high school with. And so it was just kind of crazy. You've been in this fight game for a while now um, doing your thing, but I want to get to know you a little bit better, Doug, and allow you to share your story with us. So tell us a little bit about yourself. We'll start way back because to my understanding, I remember you were a wrestler. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I wrestled through middle school and high school. Uh, we moved out to California after freshman year so I wrestled the remainder out there in kind of like Bay Area and then we okay. ended up moving back but yeah so most people don't really remember me from high school because I was here uh, I kind of left the area and then came back when it was all done <laughs> so that's what I remembered is I remembered you through middle school and then all of a sudden you reappeared when I came home from my church mission so it was kind of it was kind of interesting but I knew who you were I, I think um what was interesting, Doug, from what I remember, um, and I believe it was in seventh grade, it might've been sixth or seventh grade, you were a quieter guy. Um, you weren't necessarily like a loud mouth, cocky wrestler or anything like that, but there's, here's a memory. You may not even remember it. Okay. But I was on the bus ready to, to go home from Meridian middle school. Okay. And we're, we're on the bus and we're just getting on the bus. We haven't even left the school yet to go home. And this kid was being a punk as he was coming like into the bus and he was 
he was actually trash talking someone else that was like behind you. But I remember thinking to myself, like, dude, that guy's a punk, man. And then all of a sudden you turned around and grabbed him by the shirt and lifted him, lifted him up with one hand and you were just pissed at him. You didn't really even say much to him, but you were mad at him because he was being rude to everybody around. And I remember thinking, I was like, dude, holy crap. Like Doug just freaked out. Like he's like, you were never like a loud mouth. Has that kind of ever like kind of been your personality? Just kind of like the quiet guy who just gets his job done. Oh man, that's so crazy. Um, I, I didn't know you were on the bus, man. That's, <laughs> that's a total trip because, uh, <clears throat> so if I'm remember, remembering it correctly, uh, his name was Ryan. I don't remember the last name. I, I, don't, I don't want to put the dude on blast. You know, we're in middle school. We're different people now. But I remember he was insulting uh, my friend Taylor. And like every day you give him like a hard time. Really hard. Like either Taylor would get mad and start yelling or he'd start counting like almost every day on the bus. And I just felt so bad for the kid. So I don't know if it was that same day, but I think it was. Like I grabbed him and I shoved him down like on the ground on the bus. And uh, I got suspended from the bus for a couple of days. And I was like the quiet, like nicest person, uh, especially in middle school. And so my dad was happy and my mom was pissed. <laughs> That's typically how it goes though, right? right? Like the, the mom's <laughs> always like, okay. Dad's like, yeah, there we go. Dude, I, I was there. I'm so surprised that you even remember that because I, I've always, I even told my mother that who has ties to your mom as well. Like it's kind of weird for anybody listening. Like we have connections around. It's a small town where we're from right and so anyways I, I remember telling my mom like yeah dude like I remember Doug like just being like this quiet guy and then he like freaked out on the bus one day and stood up for somebody I didn't know that was your friend I just thought you were pissed the guy so it just always had stuck with me so I was like that's super cool because um I just been following your fight career since you know yeah. I got back and stuff so that's cool man um so you you wrestled and when I came home it was in 2010 and you were into the MMA game so what caused you to like want to make that next level step to the mixed martial arts game did uh so in high school I remember uh one of my good buddies we're still really good friends I talked to him the other day but uh we wrestled together and I remember on the weekends like we were always hanging out and he had like a like a little guest house and a little like barn that was like converted to like a TV room. So anyway, we would just kind of do whatever we want on the weekends. So we'd go rent UFC like videos and like watch them. And I didn't know what it was, but this was back in high school. And I remember seeing like old school, like Randy Couture and Tito Ortiz back when they were actually like competitors and like fighting for the title. And I remember like immediately being hooked and so me and my friend would like not knowing what we do, like grapple and like try to get each other and heel hooks and like just roll around and like <clears throat> I was like I put it on a I actually had a bucket list where I was like, I want to compete once one day. And at that time I was like, that's insane. I can't believe people actually get in the cage and they do like like that's terrifying thinking you got someone trying to break your bones, hurry, knock you out. And but I was like, I think I think if I like do this, if I check this off in my bucket list, that I'll be content. But then, you know, time came around, I started training and I fought. And then I was like, man, I don't want to do it just once. Like I want, I want to keep on going. 
Dude, that's super cool. And it's, it's funny to see like the fighters that are around my age, you know, we, we grew up in the same, same era. Like I, that's kind of how I got into just loving the, the whole fight game in and of itself. I was written, um, old school UFC one, two, threes, like with Hoist Gracie, Ken Shamrock, when they were first starting, when there was no rules, no time limits, no weight limits, nothing. And we'd go to Hollywood video here in, in Meridian, Idaho, and, and we'd, uh, rent those and watch them. So it's crazy. Like hearing you talk about like renting those videos, you know, with Tito and, and all them, like that was during the, the, the glory days that really kind of pushed those days with Tito and, and Chuck and, and Randy Couture, like all those days, they pushed the UFC to the next, the next level. Uh, it's cool to see that that kind of helped you get that, that spurt of like energy and wanting to, to jump into the sport. Now I kind of want to touch, touch base on your wrestling background because you wrestled in, you know, middle school and high school going into the mixed martial arts, uh, the mixed martial arts deal. This is something that I, I noticed um, practicing jujitsu for a while when I was younger um, is when we'd get wrestlers that would come to the jujitsu, you know, the area when we, they would come to train, um, they were really good at getting people on the ground, but as soon as somebody was on their back, they didn't know what to do. So what was the transition like for you going into MMA? Like, obviously as a wrestler, they have really good hip movement. They understand hip placement. They understand how to do, you know, shoots and get people onto the ground. But I'm curious from your standpoint, Doug, like, what was the biggest transition piece for you? Like what, what was the hardest thing trying to transition into the jujitsu game? Cause once you get a guy on the ground, that's great. But what do you do once you got them on the ground? Can you, can they fight from their back? Can you fight from up top? What, what's the biggest transition piece for you coming from a wrestling background? Yeah. So that's a great question because in the beginning in the initial, like jujitsu was very counterintuitive. Like as a wrestler, it's very grinding, very, like really hard push pull strength based i mean technique as well like not to diss that right but like you get someone on the ground you're tight kind of anaconda like and then you're trying to pin them jiu-jitsu guy like they'll straight up pull guard you go straight to their back like as part of the strategy so you're talking about like the very end game of a wrestling match is where a jiu-jitsu match might start so to a wrestler, if they haven't really watched jiu-jitsu or participated, it's like, it's, it's so confusing. And then all of a sudden they're wrapping their legs around your neck and like you're getting <laughs> choked out from positions that in a wrestling match, like I would have won, but it doesn't matter in the fight game. So I think that was the initial, like, it was kind of like everything was backwards. And so that was a struggle. Now, now I love it. I've got a, got a good trainer. Well, I was going to be opening his new facility next month. Uh, man, I like I'm getting super into it. Like I, I love doing jujitsu now. I love seeing new angles, new things I can do that I can bring into the fight game. And so I haven't showed much jujitsu uh, like uh, in my fights. It's been a lot of stand up stuff, but they'll they'll come and fight pretty soon. I honestly doubt it would be this one where I really show off like what I've been learning, but I haven't been neglecting that at all. I've actually been getting super into my jiu-jitsu, especially as of late. I dig it, man. I love that a lot. And so you also just referenced your, your striking ability and, and tell us real quick, Doug, where can we follow you on social media to kind of see what you're doing? Cause I wanted to say that that's where I actually started like seeing what you were doing is your training behind the scenes and stuff like that. What's your Instagram handle and what's your social, your, your social pages? Yeah, so like I've been dragging my feet with that for a while. Like, kind of similar to how I was in middle school. I'm not the biggest social media guy. I'm, I'm not in like a like a hipster way. Like I think it's cool. I just I like to brag 
about myself particularly you know and I so put myself in front of a camera even now like I'm I'm comfortable now but at the same time like a year ago I probably would be like nah I don't want to do that but uh so I've had to force myself out of my show a little bit so uh, it's DC Berserker on Instagram uh, I have a little fight logo on there that's my main thing and then on uh, Facebook I have the Doug the Berserker Collins page my goal in the next month is to actually start using Twitter because everyone loves Twitter. But that's that's how I, I've been dragging my feet with the process. But I got to put myself out there so people know who I am. So, Hey, dude, it's all good. Like everybody's at a different level when it comes <laughs> to like, so like, and not everybody wants to go out there and like throw themselves on there. But I will say I, I liked seeing whenever you do post about like, you'll do like an Instagram story of, of your trainings and stuff like that. I actually really enjoy it. And so, and that's what kind of brought that whole question up is because I've seen your striking as, you, as you're training with striking and then watching a couple of your highlight reels that you even had one, you know, um, I think it was a social post of you uh, finishing a fight by, you know, dropping him to the ground. And a lot of that came from your striking. So I'm curious, Doug, you know, you come from a wrestling background. Now I'm a boxing background mainly. I did a lot of jujitsu when I was younger, but I came from a karate and a, and a boxing background. Um, I love striking, but what we always saw in the boxing gym was wrestlers had a real, it, cause it's completely different. It's kind of like wrestling going into jujitsu. Like you were just mentioning, it's almost like, Whoa, okay. It's a little bit different. Well, for boxing, it's completely different because your stance is completely different. Like your fighting style is completely contrary to what they would teach you in wrestling as far as where your foot placements at and stuff. And so you obviously are a solid striker because you're finishing fights up top. Um, and, and you, you got a good strike. So what, uh, you know, what got you into the striking game? How did you learn and how did you become such a good striker at this point, having a, uh, a wrestling background? Well, it was like, it's pretty interesting journey when I first started training, like, man, like, I'd never really been hit very hard and I, I don't care who you are. Like people can pretend to be tough all day, but when you're in there with people who train and have fought before and have actual fight experience and you don't have any stand-up experience, you're going to look like a spaz. Like, you don't want to get hit because you don't know what it's going to be like or how bad. And so <clears throat> I remember there was like kind of a, a catalyst for me. So when I first started training like six months in, I had like no stand-up because I, I hadn't been really clocked hard. So I'd spent a lot of time footwork like on my bike on the outside circling without being too willing to step into the pocket. Well, any day I was training for a fight and I think it was my first MMA fight. And this was like a month out. And I was training for a fight with a guy and I had dropped my hands and he hit me with a left hook that just caught me like square on the nose. Like my vision went white and the guy was kind of a dick about it. And you know, like he hit and in the moment he was just like, oh, follow up. And he threw a second one that dropped me. And I, I didn't go out, like I've never been out by like the vision was gone and I landed on my back, blood like spurted out my nose. And I remember I was so frustrated because first of all, I'd never been hit that hard and that like square on the nose, somehow it didn't break. I don't know how, but like it was a mess. It looked like it broke. And I remember I got out of the cage and I went home and I was like, that's it. Like now I kind of know like that's, probably the worst it's going to feel right there like he had two completely flush shots right on my face first one was on the nose which hurts way worse than getting hit in the jaw or the side of the head the nose no matter how many times it happens 
it just hurts. If it's real flush, it, it hurts. And so after that, I kind of got over that hump and I started really studying to look up videos to start to really implement some new strategies, started stepping in the pocket more and getting used to the counters people were throwing. And like, I, I geek out about this stuff. I, I think that if you're going to take it seriously, you kind of have to. So people have to just kind of tell me to shut up sometimes because I'll keep talking about it because I'm, I'm obsessed. So because at, then, at that time, I was so bad. And it made sense, right? Like I had no experience. But after that, I was like, okay, that's probably the worst pain I'm going to feel from a strike to the face. And it was a guy that was much bigger than me, like at least 30 pounds of weight on me. And who had fought like multiple weight classes above me in MMA. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I was like, okay. I got over that hump. And then after that, I started to make some pretty rapid improvements and started to find flow when I was sparring. And then it just became addictive. Like things would snap. I, I, would, I would hit a counter. I would hit a straight. I'd hit a jab nice and flush and like uh, slip out of the way of the flow. And then, you know, that flow state that you get into when you're in it, I mean, there's nothing like it. So that helped me really start to add on to my skill set on my feet and start to be someone that other people might consider just trying to take me down to avoid. Dude, I love the story. So I appreciate you actually sharing that. You're a student of the game. Um, and I respect that so much because for the outsider that's actually never had any experience, whether it be in, in mixed martial arts or boxing or whatever it may be, any kind of combat sport, they don't see the, the intricacies of the game. They don't understand how much of an art it really is and how much you have to study. And I appreciate the fact that you're open about your, your nerdiness, I should say, the, the way that you geek out on it because it's super important to do that. Obviously, it worked for you. Um, and what, when you were talking right there, for some of you guys who are listening and watching this, you might remember a movie called The Green Street Hooligans. Um, and I remember the main character once, he, like one of the lines he says is like, once you realize that you're not made of glass, then it becomes addicting because um, he was scared to get hit. And once he got hit and got knocked down and realized, okay, that's the worst it's going to be. Like now I can go. It's kind of what you were just saying. That's what it reminded me of is like, you know, you get popped. And I think for anybody who's had experience there, I've, I've had similar stories just getting rocked. And I'm like, oh, okay. That, okay. I can take a hit, well, but I need to also, you know, work my way into this and, and get better at it. I love to see that that's how, you know, it kind of started. Super awesome story, dude. Now, Doug, let's talk about your, your MMA journey then. Okay. So you're, you've been fighting for a while. Talk about your amateur career, like what, what it was like, what's your record so far? Have you turned professional, this kind of thing. So talk to us about your amateur career and what you're, where you're at right now as we speak. And then we'll kind of get into what's happening next week for you. Yeah. Uh, so quick summary. I like, I did what, four, five, I kind of forget sometimes. Uh, amateur fights because it took place over a long time. I was in college and then I would stop training and then I, would, I would get that itch to fight again and I would train to fight. But like uh, two years ago, like I slipped a disc in my back and I think this is after I, I had one more tie fight that I did, like right after that, like I slipped a disc. But then like, I honestly didn't think I would fight again. Like uh, I went to a physical therapist and it didn't help at all. But even then, it took a while to go. Like, I spent years, like, just out of shape. Like, I, I couldn't even, like, go on a run or, like, an extended walk without, like, pretty severe pain. So there, has, there was a point where I was just like, oh, I'm never going to be able to do that again. I'm never going to compete again. 
And so I got healthy-ish enough to do the last amateur fight. And the last amateur fight I did was July of 2018. And it's actually against the same guy that I'm fighting this upcoming Friday or Saturday. Ooh, yeah, okay. so there's a little bit of a story there. Uh, so this would be my second pro fight. I fought in Front Street, what, in October, and I lost a, a decision to a guy at SPG and learned a lot from that. And I was like, I just want to get back in there and like keep this ball rolling because that was like the first fight where I was actually healthy. Uh, that last amateur fight against the same guy, Matt Codhill. I, I don't know how to say his last name, but I took the fight and I argued we shouldn't because my back was still bad. Like I couldn't do any running. Like I was a weight class above where I'll be fighting this weekend and I wasn't in great shape. And I also went down in pain in practice the week, like right before I started my wake up. Like I went, like we were grappling, put some pressure on my lower back and I could just like scream in pain, went on the ground. And like, I, I thought I might have to pull out of the fight, but went and got some massages, felt like it was okay enough to try. Like I really didn't want to pull out of that fight. Um, luckily I made it and I won. So that allowed me after that to like, start actually doing proper rehab and stuff. But I mean, we can continue that story later. But yeah, so that was the last amateur fight, 2018. Lost a decision recently, so this is my second pro fight. Dude, it's it's really unique. Your story is unique because, like you said, it was over the course of, in comparison to other fighters, you you have had a longer course, but it's because of certain things that have happened in between. Life gets in the way, college and all this stuff, and I think a lot of us can relate to that. So that's why I have an immense amount of respect for you because it doesn't matter. Like you still have the passion. doesn't mean just because it's been a few years and this and this and this, like you don't give up on it. And I think that's awesome. And then you just talking about that. I had no idea of the, the last amateur fight and like the preparation for it and all that stuff. Um, I didn't ha have any idea about your back and it kind of brings up the next question for me then Doug, like people would ask like, well, goodness gracious, like you're at this level. Like it's not, I, I, and I'm not trying to like downsize it. I'm trying to like, or downplayed, I should say, but like at the, the top level, like the Conor McGregor's that are making 40 mil on each one of these cards and this and that, like they're making, they're living off of this. You guys are in the level where you're trying to work your way up to eventually get to that spot, right? That's the, the idea. It's like anybody that's playing a sport wants to get to that next level, but it's not like you're making $40 million at this point. Someone might ask you, Doug, like, why would you want to, why did you want to get back in there and, and fight through that pain through your back at this level right now? Like what, what drove you to want to continue to do that? Yeah, no, that's a good question. And like I said, like when I slipped that disc, like the hindsight's twenty twenty. Like if I had had the cash at the time to really pursue someone that was like a better PT, because PT didn't, at least the one I went to didn't do anything. So I, I spent like I don't know how many years, like just not pursuing any of my goals. Like honestly, it's pretty depressed. And I'm pretty open about it now because it was just part of the journey. I was not in a good spot and like I didn't see any way that it would get better. I mean, I was in pain whether I was sitting, laying, standing, walking, relaxing, like no matter where I was at, I was in pain. And so for people who have like bigger health issues or dealt with pain for a long time, I got a taste of that for a few years. And so my heart goes out to like 
if you if you creak your neck and it's sore for a few days, the average person is gonna bitch about it. Like, and it makes sense because that's on their mind because it never leaves them. That's what it was like. And man, when you have to face it, and there's really no point in your day where it leaves, it's a whole kind of mental grind. So I owe a lot to fighting because I managed to make it in that cage for that last amateur fight. I was like, okay, if I can go in, I can win or even have a good fight, even if I were to lose, that will be enough to get me to really try another attempt at rehabbing my back and like getting into shape. Fortunately, it worked out, but that, that, that was that spark I needed to push through to go to rehab because then after that there was a really long break of no fights but I wasn't doing nothing all I was doing was rehabbing my back I wasn't even like fight training very much I was just trying to heal that section and the nerves and all that and so that's all I did after July 2018 basically through early 2019 all I was doing was addressing the issue and the body and like trying to get into a point where I can actually start to be an athlete again. Man, I dig that. I think that's awesome. And so this should be a lesson for anybody who's listening or watching this right now, like including myself, like these athletes like Doug, they have a story behind it. So like there's a reason for everything behind what's going on. And there's always something in someone's life that you may not even have an idea about, but for you, Doug, like it was, you were dealing with this. It was causing depression because you're in so much pain all the time, but like fighting actually gave you a way out of it. Surprisingly to what some people might not even realize, like, how does that work? But the way you just explained it was like, it got you that next level. It, it got some motivation and it allowed you that, that next step to your recovery process um, for that. So I think that's awesome. And I appreciate you sharing it now. We also, we want to talk about this. You, you referenced it a little bit earlier. Your last amateur fight was against a guy you're going to be fighting. So let's talk about your upcoming fight before we sign off, brother. We got to know about this. So you're training right now. You got to fight um, next Saturday. So in a, in a week and a couple of days um, here in Nampa, Idaho. So let's talk about it. Tell us about your fight. What's your weight class? What we can expect from you? Yeah. So it's next Saturday and I mean it's, it's kind of exciting like so I had this amateur fight against this guy and then um, I told the promoter I was looking for a fight and then I guess he reached out to the promoter and said he wanted to fight me again and uh, I don't know it's kind of crazy for that like, he wants revenge I guess like <laughs> to call me out and that's the thing is like I, don't, I take it personally if someone's going to call me out like that. So, I mean, uh, this fight, we're, we're the main event now. As far as I know, there's been some shifting on the card. As there always is last minute. But uh, I'm pretty excited. And I, I'm, I'm looking to do some serious damage, especially, you know, uh, my last fight. It was like a little bit boring. The guy, like, he just wanted to lay on the ground and, like, not really work for three rounds and so i just kind of like it was this back and forth but not really and so i was like man like i want i want people to come to my fights to know win lose or whatever that's going to be exciting that i'm going to try to knock a dude's head off into the stands and like that it's worth their money their time to like follow and watch so that's what i'm looking to do again like i finished him as an amateur with strikes and that's probably how it's going to go this time as well. 
Heck yeah, man. What, what weight class do you guys fight at, Doug? 145. 145, huh? And what's the, the cut like for you from a fighter's perspective? Like when you're making that weight cut, what's that like for you? Do you have a pretty big weight cut to make or is it pretty low um, compared to some? Um, I would say it's probably in the middle. It's in the middle. It's not like something I can go into casually. Okay. I had to be regimented. I start my weight cut Sunday, like officially. Um, and then I have this whole system that I follow. So Sunday, like I go dark on all social media. I don't want to deal with that while I'm cutting weight. It's, it's right in the middle. As long as I follow the plan, it's not, it's not the worst weight cut. So last time it went fine. I think it will go even smoother this time. Good, man. That's awesome to hear. Like I, I never had to battle with that in my boxing days. In fact, I, I battled with the opposite. Like uh, I was fighting in a weight class where like we had to weigh me in with jeans and my keys in my pockets and shoes on, to be honest, because uh, I was trying to fight in the light heavyweight division. So um, they were trying to, I don't know, it was just, that's a long story. But anyways, we had to get me within 16 pounds of my opponent. And even my last opponent, he was cutting weight from 225 down to 206. He got down to 203. So they needed me to be within 16 pounds of him to be able to fight. And that's how the amateur boxing game went back then. And so I was weighing in with everything I could on. So I didn't have to deal with the weight cut problem, but I've seen weight cuts. And that's something that the general po uh, population, general public doesn't really understand that there, there is a science behind it. And like for people like you, Doug, like if you guys are listening, you're watching. He, you know, he goes dark on social media for a couple of days because his weight cut hits. That's a serious thing. They got to get stuff done. They have, that's part of the sport. They have to get it done way a certain weigh a certain amount when they come in for weigh-ins and then they you know replenish their energy and stuff but there's a science to it uh, that a lot of people may not fully understand so um we we wish you the best of luck there getting your weight cut down but where's this fight taking place it's in nampa what's the the venue called and what's the promotion so it's a uh, mountain force mma okay and kickboxing i think there's a few kickboxing fights on the card it's okay kickboxing and then mma and then it's uh, at a place maurice hall which is like an event center attached to like a Catholic church, I guess. So. Okay. And where can we get tickets for it, man? So you can get them on mountforce.com. I can throw up a link or whatever. Yeah. Let's get your link on there if we can, or whatever link you, you send it to me, I'll put it here in the description, whichever yeah. link we want to use to get the tickets. So we'll throw it here in the description of the show, or if you're watching it on, on Facebook, YouTube, whatever, I'll have it here in the comments um, of, of the video. Okay. So we want to get you guys over there to see this, if, especially if you're in the Valley and you're representing Team No Excuse. Is that correct? That is correct. Team No Excuse MMA. Um, if you guys remember, we had a, a fighter from Team No Excuse. That was William Dunkel on our show a couple, probably about a month ago now before his last fight was. And um, is he still fighting on the card with you guys or how's that working? Or is that confidential information? I thought like they had announced that he was going to fight on the card this week as well. Is that not? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm, you know, I'm not sure. There's been like some talk. And like some stuff with his opponents. I'm, I'm okay. Not 100 if he's going to be on this card. No worries, man. We'll we'll keep an eye out for it. But either way, like we're we're representing, you know, Team No Excuse right here. We're excited that you guys got to join us. Now, the last question I I, I have for you, Doug, is what's the future look like? What was your what's your ultimate goal in the sport of of mixed martial arts? You know, you've had a a longer quote unquote career, but it's because of certain things you've battled through some adversity, and you're back at it. Ultimate goal. What can we expect to see from Doug Collins? But uh, getting into any of, I kind of call them the top three promotions, UFC, Bellator, 1FC, which is really popular over in the Asian countries. Like, uh, yeah, I'm not here to play around. 
and I'm not here just to do regional fights. Uh, everything's leading to the next thing, which is that's the end game getting to the big promotion. So, yeah. I dig it, man. And we'll do our best to, to get the, the information out there about you. And so people can get their eyes on you. Sometimes that's all it takes is a little bit of, you know, publicity, even though you don't like being out there all the time, you're not, you're kind of a quieter guy. You're not going to sit there and smack talk all day long and stuff. You're not going to be putting your face out there all the time. Um, it, it, you never know who's watching. So if we can do our part to, to get some eyes out there. I mean, that's what I always told people this. And we rewind back to our story about Doug on the, on the bus uh, you got to be c- careful about the quiet ones you know the quiet ones are the ones you got to worry about it's not the loud mouths always talk and they they rarely have something to, that they can prove there but uh the quiet ones are the ones you got to be scared of so we'll do our work for you on your behalf doug to try to get the eyes on you <laughs> so we can go and watch you do work it. all right man yeah man i appreciate it all right brother so we appreciate you joining the show and for all you guys who are listening make sure that uh you subscribe to the podcast make sure you are checking the links in the description here so you can get the tickets to doug's fight coming up for mountain force mma in nampa next saturday and also guys make sure you follow me on all my social media platforms i appreciate everyone who tuned in and doug take care man i appreciate you dude thank you man Guys, thanks so much for listening to another episode of my show. Now, if you could go and do me a favor, head over to iTunes, give me five stars, and leave me a review. It would be greatly appreciated. Thanks, guys. Appreciate your support.